0: If you're a losing team that's also low on revenues, lower on spending, and you invest the dollars that you've got in keeping the guys you already have, are you really getting any better? Good morning to you. Good Friday morning on that convoluted note. I'm Dam Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins in the same place that you found this. Alex Stumpf, the baseball writer at DK Pittsburgh Sports, reports today exclusively in our Friday Insider feature that the team is planning within a month to approach both Mitch Keller and David Bednar toward longer-term extensions. That doesn't mean what it does for position players, so you're not going to see something in the range of what Brian Reynolds and Brian Hayes were getting because pitching is unfortunately a really fickle business, both in performance, but especially when it comes to health. And if you ask me, there is a very good chance that both of those will get done before spring training. Why? Well, their money isn't going to be outrageous It's going to be expensive, but not something that's off the charts. And both of these guys want to stay. I know there's a natural tendency to want to roll your eyes anytime anybody suggests that someone would want to stay with the Pirates because of narratives and perceptions. But when I said this about Hayes, it ended up being accurate. When I really stressed it about Reynolds, even after his agent put on the whole clown show about demanding a trade and everything, and I kept telling you, he legitimately wants to stay. You're going to have to believe me on this. What ended up happening? He stayed. And he stayed because he wanted to stay. Both of these players, both of these young men, really want to stay in Pittsburgh. Keller and Bednar. The question that I have... Back for you is whether or not that's the best possible usage of the funding that the Pirates are being allotted by Bob Nutting, which isn't nearly enough, meaning he's not doing all he can. That's obvious at this point. Do those moves help the club as much as, let's say, bringing in somebody from the outside to add to the roster and just kind of riding out Keller? and Bednar on their arbitration years? Is there... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? I was going to say pandering. That sounds really, really mean. Is there a public perception benefit that outweighs the short-term baseball gain of bringing in somebody from the outside and just letting these guys write out their deals? Or is this... Approaching both of those players and signing them to longer-term deals, actually the best course for a team like the Pirates to make at this stage of their collective development. My feeling, and I have to set aside how much I think, and it's a lot of these two young men, and their wishes and their success and everything else, I really, really like them both. I really, really like their families, gotten to know them as well, and I hope it works out the way that they want for them, independent of whatever it is that I happen to think from a baseball perspective, okay? <laughs> I, I see all sides of this, however, to me, the mitigating factor wouldn't be anything related to Keller or Bednar, or for that matter, their families, or the, the SAP factor, or in Bednar's case, the local factor, none of that stuff. To me, the most compelling reason to do this, to approach it this way, going after the two all-stars to keep them, is that whoever you're bringing in from the outside is going to be just some ordinary dude, or dudes. Look at the players who've been signed. And I know it's just a small percentage of the overall open market. But look at the players who've been signed and ask yourself in almost every case, would or should the Pirates have been able to get in on that guy? I've cited a couple, but I haven't cited many. It's a tilted playing field. This absurd economic landscape of Major League Baseball. A tilted playing field in every capacity and it's unfair and it's not as simple as saying the yankees got juan soto why can't we ever get a juan soto because you can't you can only do that in salary cap sports you can't do it in baseball because that's how the morons running the game think it's best they think it's absolutely right and just for the new york teams the la teams and whoever to be able to get the best players because that's where the most people are and that's where the most money is. They actually find that to be totally acceptable. So if the system is unfair and if the players for whom you'd be paying all this money are going to be the ordinary guys as opposed to Eduardo Rodriguez, who I brought up yesterday. It turns out, by the way, that the Reds were not in on Rodriguez. Something else I wanted to bring up today. That was reporting... That was corrected as of late yesterday afternoon. But Rodriguez ended up still with the Diamondbacks for four years and 80 million. And that's the cost of doing business. The Diamondbacks didn't overpay. Nothing changes about my opinion as to whether or not this is someone the Pirates could, should, whatever have been going after, because that's the cost of doing business. If you were serious about really adding to your rotation in the short term, that's the price that needed to be paid. But it wasn't, and it won't be. You can take that to Nutting's bank of choice. So in that event, what are you doing? Go ahead, as I've been saying for a while now, and get yourself a four, a five, another Rich Hill, another Vince Velasquez, and Keep the guys you got. Keep Mitch. Keep Bednar. Keep one of the best back ends in the game. Keep Paul Skeens when the time comes, as long as you're going by that philosophy. Keep whoever it is out of the young pitchers that Oscar Marine or Marine's successor, when he gets fired, can fix. Keep those guys. That model works to an extent. If you've seen how the Rays go, the Rays will keep those pitchers right up until they absolutely know they can't, and then they dump Blake Snell right after he takes them to the World Series. Or go right ahead and spend for the great guys and keep your own guys, but that's not happening. I'm trying to be realistic here. When we come back, J1Q... Today's J1Q comes from Chris, who has a technical question, and I'm happy to take these at times. I think it would be a little bit, you know, off-putting to some if it was all the time. But Chris says, DK, when the Pirates make a trade for a player, is the transaction conditioned on the player passing a physical or the team getting some type of medical verification that the player is healthy to play. Chris, the answer to that is 100% of the time yes, and that even goes for their own players. For example, if and when they sign Mitch Keller or David Bednar, even though they've been under this figurative roof for a long long time, they still have to fly to Pittsburgh and get their medicals done. They have to be checked again. And if you Want to know why that is? Johan Oviedo just provided everybody a really strong reminder of that because he was done. His season was over, and to everyone's knowledge, he was fine, including his own, by the way. I was there with him the last night in Philadelphia when he pitched. Remember, that was the one where he said he needed to start being more of a douchebag or whatever. He was all upset with his performance. Nothing, nothing, nothing was brought up related to health. So what if, you know, in some cynical world here, Oviedo had started feeling some discomfort in the elbow, let's say a month or so later, and the Pirates really believe in him, and they come to him with an extension offer, and he signs it. (laughs) You see what I'm saying here? He never would have been able to pull that off, faking his way through the kind of physical that these players will receive. So you bring even your own guys in. Now, I'm going to guess that the reason that you asked this was because of Marco Gonzalez, the pitcher that the Pirates acquired from the Braves, and basically just a, a cash dump on Atlanta's part. Because he's trying to come back from a nerve injury. Comebacks from this are rare. Successful comebacks from this are exceedingly rare. And yes, absolutely, unequivocally, the Pirates would have required extensive physical, extensive medical records and scans and other information that only the Braves or before that the Seattle Mariners, his previous team, would have access to. They would get as much of that as possible. How do they get it from the Mariners? Well, that's easy because the Braves would have gotten those records from the Mariners themselves when they made their move involving Gonzalez last summer. So you bring all of that in, you have all of that information, you still can't bat a thousand, but you'd at least have as much as is possible to accumulate in advance. I appreciate the question, I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We're going to be back with another one on Monday.